Hey, Rebels, I hope you enjoyed today's show. I enjoyed recording it. It's basically our election kickoff show. I give you my thoughts on the day on how Trudeau doesn't really give a damn about 9-11. I mean, come on, that day's about him, him, him. And I talk about the front page of the Globe Mail today and how Trudeau's got that all wrapped up. I wish you could see it though, because I show a clip about four times of Justin Trudeau hugging and kissing his handpicked commissioner of the RCMP. And I wish you could see that, because it shows that this thing's all stitched up. You know how you can see it? You know what I'm gonna say. Become a premium subscriber. Eight bucks a month, 80 bucks a year, you get to see that video version of the podcast. I really want you to see that picture of Trudeau hugging and kissing Brenda Lucky, the uh, fortunately named commissioner of the RCMP. She'll never charge him. I think she thinks maybe she can be his girlfriend. I don't know. It looks, I mean, when was the last time you hugged or kissed your boss? Um, yeah. So uh, go to the rebel.media slash shows and you could subscribe to be a premium subscriber. You also get Sheila Gunn Reed's show, David Menzies show. All right. Here's today's podcast. You are listening to a Rebel Media podcast. Tonight, instead of remembering the day, Justin Trudeau calls an election on 9-11. Oh, and he's obstructing an RCMP investigation. It's September 11th, and you're watching The Ezra Levant Show. Why should others go to jail Why? when you're a biggest carbon consumer I know? There's 8,500 customers here, and you won't give them an answer. The only thing I have to say to the government but why I published it. It's because it's my bloody right to do so. It's the anniversary of 9-11, the worst catastrophe of my generation. Thousands murdered in the name of Islam. 18 years later, America is still fighting a war in Afghanistan where thousands more have died. Of course, the New York Times perfectly summed up the liberal whitewash of that event. They said 9-11 was when Airplanes took aim at the World Trade Center. You know, those pesky airplanes, they'll take aim. <laughs> Nothing new with Islam, you see. The 2,000 people didn't just die, they were killed. And actually, to be precise, it was 2,977 people killed that day, including those on the planes. If you're rounding, you'd say 3,000, not 2,000. But at least the New York Times mentioned it at all. Trudeau thought so little of 9-11 that he selected it as the date to call his election, to make the day about him, 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 a day to celebrate him, a day to buy billboards and posters and TV ads with his face on it, smirking at you. It's a celebration day for him. No surprise, you know that when there was that brief overlap when Justin Trudeau won the 2015 election, but before he was sworn in, so he was the prime minister designate, but Stephen Harper was the actual prime minister, well, it was the anniversary of Corporal Nathan Cirillo's murder. He was the Canadian soldier who was standing guard at the National War Memorial when an ISIS terrorist walked up to him and murdered him, shooting him at point-blank range before bursting into Parliament to hail a gunfire. So it was October, and it was the anniversary of Cirillo's murder. So Harper was laying a wreath, and Trudeau thought, well, I guess I better attend too, since I don't want Harper to get all the, all the photo ops. So you can be sure that was the last time Trudeau laid a wreath for Cirillo. It's not that he doesn't care. He actually cares in reverse. He doesn't want to hurt the feelings of ISIS terrorists anywhere by remembering the people they've murdered. That's what he cares 
about it. It's the same reason he gave 10.5 million to Omar Khadr. Oh, Trudeau will bask in the credit of other people's selflessness on 9-11. You know that many passenger planes were diverted from the U.S. to Newfoundland on 9-11 for security reasons. And so many Newfoundlanders took those passengers into their homes out of friendship and, and loyalty. It was a beautiful story, a Canadian story really a Newfoundland story, to be accurate, and, and there's a Broadway musical about it, which is good, but <laughs> Trudeau can't get enough of that. The play, he co-opted the play. You saw him there standing in front of the play. He made it about him, him, him. He actually bought tickets for every UN ambassador in New York, all the dictatorships, and invited them to the play as his guest, as if he were the big shot, <laughs> as opposed to the taxpayers who footed the bill. Most of those ambassadors didn't show up, by the way. I mean, they didn't care. They probably supported the terrorists. Uh, they were busy people with many invitations each evening. It's not just the childish prime minister of a small country who's obviously just looking for photo ops. No one actually came that night. But my point is Trudeau spent more time talking about himself at Come From Away, a musical about 9-11, than he actually does at any 9-11 commemoration. He just put out a tweet today. He made this tweet, or his staff did, whatevs. And that's it. Let's get that boring stuff out of the way. Today's about me. So on to the election he goes. And look at the Globe and Mail today. Ottawa blocks RCMP on SNC inquiry. Huge front page story. And you see those three little blurbs at the top there? Mounties investigating possible obstruction of justice, source says. Government cites cabinet confidentiality, denies access to witnesses and documents. Probe to be frozen during election campaign under RCMP internal guidelines. And then right at the bottom, there's a caption. I don't know if you can see it. It says, the Prime Minister's office says it had no role in the decision by the Privy Council clerk to prevent individuals from talking with the RCMP about the SNC-Lavalin affair. And now, I just really showed you the headlines there, and those are all the facts you need right there. I don't even need to read the story to you. You've got it now. The RCMP says, well, shucks, we can't investigate the obstruction of justice by Justin Trudeau because... Well, he's obstructing our investigation into obstruction. So what can you do? Oh, well, better throw in the towel because, because the election is here and we sure wouldn't want to embarrass a liberal. Is that a rule? The RCMP made a huge prosecution out of conservative Senator Mike Duffy over his expense account, which was paid back by the conservative chief of staff, Nadja Wright, by the way. And by the way, it was all permitted under the Senate's vague expensing rules. And in the end, Duffy was acquitted. He was acquitted. So the RCMP didn't seem to have a problem with a year-long fishing expedition when nothing was at stake. Nigel Wright paid the money back that was in question, even though in the end the law was broken. And it was over 90 grand in travel expenses. But firing the attorney general, as Justin Trudeau did, because she wouldn't cave in to a massive campaign of illegal pressure from Trudeau and his cronies, to call off a criminal prosecution of a corrupt company known for bribing politicians in Canada and around the world, and then obstructing the investigation in that scandal? Yeah, welcome to the Libranos. Even more corrupt than Chen and Paul Martin liberals, if you can even think that's possible. You know my new book comes out today? It's called The Libranos, What the Media Won't Tell You About Justin Trudeau's Corruption. I'll be honest, months ago when we were deciding what focus to take, I thought, is corruption really the main thing? Or is it more his incompetence? Or is it how Trudeau's so fake? He's an imposter. He's a fake feminist, for example. We chose corruption, the Lebranos theme, and holy cow, were we ever right. But back to that front page of the Globe for a moment. Ottawa 
blocks RCMP. That was the big headline. Well, not really. I mean, I've lived in Ottawa. It's a pleasant city of about a million people on the Ottawa River, just across from Quebec. Nice place, lots of museums, lots of bureaucrats, easy living, easy living. Ottawa didn't block anything. Why are you blaming the city? The city didn't blame anything. Why are you blaming them? Justin Trudeau blocked the RCMP, not Ottawa. Now, sure, they quoted the Prime Minister's office as saying that the clerk of the Privy Council blocked the RCMP. Well, he's just a staffer who reports to Trudeau. He's an assistant, handpicked by Trudeau himself. I wouldn't even say his name. He's so inconsequential. It would be like saying, Justin Trudeau's office receptionist blocked the RCMP and wouldn't let them in. The lady who answers the phone. Trudeau's two nannies blocked the RCMP, so they bravely gave up. Um, hey, guys, uh, we really did want to exercise this, uh, execute this search warrant against Trudeau, but the nannies won't let us in, so what can you do? Yeah, the nannies are blocking us. No, 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 Trudeau is blocking the RCMP. Remember the last clerk of the Privy Council, the disgraced Michael Wernick? He was up to his eyeballs in this SNC-Lavalin scandal himself. He actually took a phone call from SNC-Lavalin who hired his predecessor clerk of the Privy Council to lobby him. And Michael Wernick didn't report that lobbying to the lobbying commissioner. He kept it a secret, even though it was illegal. Let me say that again. SNC-Lavalin hired the former clerk of the Privy Council to lobby Trudeau's current clerk of the Privy Council, and he did. And Trudeau's clerk kept that a secret instead of disclosing it or reporting that to the lobbying commissioner. Do you remember that kook? Remember him? I worry about the rising tide of incitements to violence when people use terms like treason and traitor in open discourse. Those are the words that lead to assassination. I'm worried that somebody's going to be shot in this country this year during the political campaign. What a disgraceful, disgraceful man. He really was a kook. Well, the new guy is just as much in Trudeau's pocket, but a, lit, a little bit less unhinged in public. He's got some emotional self-control. Ottawa didn't block the RCMP. Trudeau's hand-picked servant blocked it at Trudeau's request. We know that Trudeau has been obstructing this for months because he's guilty as hell. That is not my opinion. That is the opinion and conclusion and conviction of Mario Dion, the ethics commissioner and conflict of interest commissioner. Trudeau calls him a judge who convicted Trudeau of his fifth violation of the conflict of interest act last month. No other Canadian Prime Minister has been convicted of breaking the law even once in history. Trudeau, five times now. And yet even Mario Dion says he didn't know the half of it. In his report, Dion said he wasn't allowed to get to the bottom of it because there were nine witnesses informed our office that they had information they believed to be relevant, but that could not be disclosed because according to them, the information would reveal confidence. So Trudeau banned them from talking to him, ordered them not to talk to him. Now, Dion is a toothless tiger. All he could do was write about it, which he did well. But the RCMP, what's their excuse? They have the power to get a search warrant for any document, to get a subpoena for any witness. Just because Trudeau claims something is subject to cabinet confidentiality doesn't mean that it's immune to criminal prosecution. To use an extreme example, if they're, they're God forbid, were a cabinet meeting to order the murder of someone, I know that's extreme, but I'm trying to make a point. And if that person was then murdered, 
The Prime Minister couldn't block the RCMP by saying, geez, sorry, it's all confidential. You can't talk to anyone or get any documents because what can I say? Cabinet privilege. That's an absurd example, but the essence is the same. Police have the right to investigate any crime, and they have the duty to do so also. And if there are genuinely confidential matters that cannot be shown to the public at large, that's fine. Those documents can be handled confidentially, kept from the public. They can be withheld from the media. There can be publication bans on certain facts. Documents can be blacked out. But there is no reason why police officers with top secret clearance cannot see any material. They have an oath to conduct themselves lawfully. They're not going to leak to the media. That's what Trudeau does, not the cops. So why haven't the RCMP moved on Trudeau or even just moved to interview the nine witnesses that Mario Dion says wanted to talk but had been banned from talking? Why has the RCMP taken this all in stride? Even as the corrupt Lebrano, Gerald Butts, has come back to run the show, Butts resigned from the PMO in disgrace this spring, trying to be the scapegoat of it. That is an implicit admission of wrongdoing. And then he just decided, nah, <laughs> who cares? I mean, obviously, he's pretty, pretty confident the cops are on a leash. He wouldn't come back from New York where he was working. Otherwise, the whole thing is very strange. This isn't even a partisan thing anymore. Here's a letter from five former Canadian attorneys general asking the RCMP to investigate. There are others, too, including the former Liberal Attorney General of Ontario. They've all said the RCMP needs to investigate, but the RCMP won't. Why not? Why not? They went for a year or two on Mike Duffy's rent expenses, but not on this massive, deep corruption scandal that the justice, former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould herself says is a scandal. Why not? Well, you know why. Or maybe you don't know. Here's some images that will explain. That smitten lady who's hugging and kissing Trudeau, that embracer, that's Brenda Lucky, Trudeau's hand-picked RCMP commissioner. Here's how the CBC described her last year. She's a diversity hire. Lucky, a 32-year veteran of the force, has been serving as the commanding officer of the RCMP's training academy in Saskatchewan, where she was focused on bolstering diversity in the ranks. She has served at divisions in Quebec, Ontario, Manitoba, Alberta, and Saskatchewan, worked with the United Nations. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Chef's kiss. That's a perfect Trudeau cop, ain't she? So she was appointed to the RCMP, by Trudeau at the same time that the battle between Trudeau and Jody Wilson-Raybould was heating up. Trudeau appointed Lucky to be his good luck charm. Her, he's, she's the insurance policy for him. That's why he picked her. That was in 2018. But by the time Canada Day 2019 came around, just a few months ago, when that hugging and kissing happened, Everything had already exploded in the story. Lucky had already received the letter from the Attorneys General. Trudeau was being investigated by the Ethics Commissioner. And it was there and then that Lucky met Trudeau and embraced her. And she embraced him right back. And they were both in public. You know, that's Trudeau's move. Embrace a woman in public in a place where if she were to recoil, it would make a scene. So it sort of locks her in. He's counting on her not resisting. Or maybe she was happy to. I think Lucky loved the embrace too. Maybe like Rosemary Barton of the CBC, she loves Trudeau and enjoys her time with him very much. And I don't know, thinks of it as some sort of platonic date or something. <laughs> Lucky's not going to investigate her platonic boyfriend. Are you kidding? Look at that. Just one last time.
That's the head of the RCMP, handpicked by Trudeau in July. That's a, the camera that shots in July, well after the SNC-Lavalin scandal broke. You know, Donald Trump did not collude with the Russians. That's the former, that's the former result of an inquiry of, I don't know, two years, hundreds of subpoenas issued, hundreds of interrogations under oath. They found nothing, and who were they hunting? A team of, what, two dozen lawyers, all of them Democrats? That's how the most powerful man in the world was held to account. In Canada, our head of the RCMP gives our prime minister a hug and a kiss. And his assistant, his clerk, his, his nanny, tells the RCMP, I'm so sorry, Trudeau can't come to the phone right now. He's busy. Can we talk after the election? And in Canada, the RCMP accepts it. Uh, obviously, Trudeau's CBC state broadcaster will accept it, too. Um, the question we'll all find out is, will voters accept this? Stay with us for more on the election. Welcome back. Well, joining us now live from Rideau Hall, where the election writ was just, writ was just dropped, is our friend David Menzies. David, nice to see you. Uh, is that where you are? Are you outside of Rideau Hall right now? I am indeed, Ezra, and I'm considerably closer to Rideau Hall than I was um, a half hour ago when uh, Prime Minister Trudeau was making his announcement, because as you may or may not know, of uh, the more than 100 media types here, I was the only one pinpointed by security and the parliamentary press gallery person and the Redo Hall public affairs person and told that I had to go to the public viewing area, which had no video, no audio, and um, I had to stand with me uh, members of the public. Not that I mind doing that, but it just completely impeded my role in doing my job in covering this uh, announcement, which, of course, I think was the ostensible policy reason, uh, i.e. to enact a little bit of petty revenge on the rebel media for our uh, critical coverage of this regime in the last four years. Yeah, you know, uh, I note that Xinhua, which is, uh, as you can tell by the name, a Chinese state broadcaster, they are fully accredited by the Parliamentary Press Gallery and Justin Trudeau. So literally a Communist Party propaganda outlet that is in no way a journalistic outfit at all. In fact, they've been credibly accused of being Chinese spies. They're good enough for the Parliamentary Press Gallery and Justin Trudeau but not the rebel, and you're so uh, accurate for pointing out why. It's because we criticize Trudeau in a way that the other media don't. Um, and I, I think that, that, that shows how small Trudeau is and how thin-skinned he is, but it also shows how compliant Canada's media are. And I think it proves my thesis that we need to tell the other side of the story because you're certainly not going to find it amongst the bailout media, the Justin Journos, as I sometimes call them, who are on his payroll. I mean, I suppose you can't blame a guy for not wanting to attack his boss. And, 
about 95% of the journalists in Canada are now directly or indirectly on Justin Trudeau's payroll. I guess it's tough to criticize the guy who puts bread on your family's table, but they shouldn't call themselves reporters then. They should call themselves government reporters or, you know, uh, sponsored reporters or liberal reporters. But if you're taking money from Trudeau and helping to blackball the one company that isn't, I don't think you can call yourself a reporter without a, a qualifying adjective in front of that. Yeah, and I agree with that entirely, Ezra. And, and, uh, and to give credit where credit is due, there are some journalists with some of these media organizations that are um, dead set against taking this money uh, as part of a bailout based on those ethical concerns that you just adroitly mentioned. Um, but clearly, this is where the media is with the Trudeau Liberals in 2019. Um, I call it, Ezra, it's the carrot or the stick. It's um, be compliant, be good, don't be too critical, and uh, the check is in the mail. Or be like rebel media and you are sent to the little kids table. Yeah. You are cut off from access. And uh, so what's it going to be? The hard way or the easy way? And listen, um, media jobs are few and far between these days. It's, uh, it's basically a sunset industry, if you will. So I don't think there is a... Um, you know, there, there is a, a compulsion amongst many journalists to rock the boat too much because if it means, um, you know, economic penalization by way of uh, you losing your job, uh, there's not a lot of opportunities out there. The second thing I want to say, Ezra, when you mentioned um, the pettiness, um, is that how self-defeating this is. Um, I think uh, Trudeau is a bit of an egomaniac. And I have no doubt this is being directed by him, much as uh, how our own Sheila Gunn-Reed uh, was banned from going to a UN conference in Poland. Uh, myself and my cameraman were banned from going to one in Morocco. Our own Canadian government told the UN not to let us in. And here's the thing, much like those stories, if, if they had just let me join the, the scrum of more than 100 journalists here today, earlier today, I should say. Um, I'm just a, a face in the crowd. I'm harmless. I wasn't going to do any kind of stunt. I wasn't going to do anything embarrassing. But instead, I get frog-marched out to the um, public area and sequestered and kept a, a very keen eye on by security. And that becomes the story. And the story isn't good, Ezra. The optics are brutal for a government that came to power in 2015... Remember, transparency, that yeah. was, he was always saying transparency and sunny ways, sunny ways. Well, my friend, these are slimy ways. Yeah. Well, listen, if they're willing to uh, tell the RCMP to, to buzz off um, over their criminal investigation for obstruction, uh, obviously they don't have any compunction about telling a journalist to buzz off. You say it looks awful. I think it does look awful to severely normal Canadians, but it has a salutary effect because it's a warning to other journalists, don't you dare criticize Trudeau or you too will be escorted out by security. So yeah, it's deeply embarrassing to Trudeau, to Canadians who say, hang on, I thought we had freedom of the press. But for anyone who works at the CBC or the rest of the bailout media, it's, oh, right, those are the rebel media guys. Those guys didn't take the bailout. Those guys criticized Trudeau. I don't want that to happen to me. I'll just write another story about his awesome socks and how cool he is. <laughs> 
and, and you know, Ezra, the funny thing is, uh, there was a, a, a Bell Media uh, fellow who was briefly uh, filming my interaction with the parliamentary uh, press gallery fellow, Pierre. Um, and I reached out to him and I reached out later to a CTV camera crew. And uh, basically, I was hoping for some of the love you got in the UK um, a couple of months ago when, um, remember, you were going to be excluded um, from uh, a, a, a Christia Freeland uh, powwow. And shockingly and surprisingly, um, members of the media basically stood up and said, um, no, 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 it's all of us or, or none of us. I don't know if that was... Uh, a statistical anomaly, Ezra, or um, or if really the um, the new normal or the new abnormal is uh, don't, don't get involved. We don't want to get on um, Trudeau's media blacklist. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was uh, in Ottawa myself a few weeks ago for the meeting between Christian Freeland and uh, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo, um, I was smuggled into that press conference by Secretary <laughs> Pompeo, which is quite something. Uh, I met with the president of the press gallery who was there and he was quite upset to see me there and we had a good pleasant talk and he said send me an email let's continue the conversation I did send him the email I don't think I've heard back I'll check again and make sure I didn't miss the email I blame them it's it's there is no longer a dividing line I mean obviously Trudeau is the one who who has most of the blame but the media went along with it and they're continuing to go along with it and you mentioned an incident in, the, in London, uh, uh, an anomaly where they stood with us. I think that's probably because those reporters were overseas reporters who aren't part of the rebel derangement syndrome here in Canada. I think that it's a great discredit to Canada's parliamentary press gallery where there is no dividing line between them and the government anymore. And Xinhua, the Chinese propaganda firm, is welcome, but independent journalists are not. I suppose I shouldn't be too mad, though, David, because that is exactly why the rebel has succeeded over the last four and a half years, because no one can trust the media party. You just can't trust someone who is being paid by the person they're supposed to be holding to account. If Justin Trudeau is paying you, you can never ask him a tough question. So every, people, people can see that and detect that. That's why the rebel is growing in the CBC, the national. Their viewership is at its lowest in decades. On any given day, we have more viewers of The Rebel than the CBC The National has. That's a fact. And I think that's part of the resentment and um, maybe part of the competitiveness, uh, Ezra, because let's figure, uh, let's face it, when, when you're talking those kind of numbers, um, we are a bona fide competitor to these media organizations. And so why would you help your competitor, I guess? But I want to go back to what you mentioned, in the, the parliamentary press gallery. Just by its name alone, Ezra, parliamentary and press gallery. You think this is an organization that would be committed to the ideals of democracy and the ideals of freedom of the press and freedom of speech and freedom of expression by going to bat for a journalist. But they're the ones um, complicit in banning us. I only found out that you had to be, you had to have accreditations for the, from the parliamentary press uh, gallery uh, literally a few hours I was literally in transit from Toronto coming to Ottawa um, to cover this. Um, but it's a moot point, because if you remember, Ezra, when I went to Ottawa to cover the Justice Committee hearings on the Canadian Human Rights Act, you know, this whole idea of resurrecting the anti-free speech pro-censorship section, section 13, that Stephen Harper got rid of in 2013, well, 
I was denied those parliamentary press credentials that we applied for the day before, literally 10 minutes before the committee hearing was to begin. So again, it's this... It's this pettiness, it's this level of spite, and quite frankly, it's unprofessional. Yeah. Now, and the obvious point is, as you mentioned earlier, look, there's a hundred journalists there. Uh, it's not like there was any meaningful question and answer session. The most you would do is have your own camera pointing at Trudeau. We'll get that footage anyways. We subscribe to a, a media pool, so it's it, it in no way... Um, like it just nothing turns on it other than they want to show what happens if you disagree. And, you know, the journalists who were actually the errand boys here, the journalists running the parliamentary press gallery, they may be saving their own jobs, but they're burying the industry. And you know what? I, for one, don't mourn the loss of the media party because and, and although I, I have no animus towards any individual reporter, and I believe everyone should be able to work hard and earn a living. If you have become a censor just to keep your job as a government journalist, you know what? I don't mind if your choices have made your company so untenable that no one wants to read your pro-Trudeau crap that you lose your job. I'm sorry. I have uh, only a limited number of tears to cry, and I won't cry them for a reporter censor who buried his own industry because he thought sucking up to Trudeau was the way to, to buy himself another six or 12 months before a layoff. Last word to you, David. Yes, no, 100%, Ezra. As I've long said, there's only one thing worse than censorship, and that is self-censorship. And we are seeing that every day in the media coverage that we get. And secondly, to your point about the kind of questions uh, Trudeau was going to um, receive after dropping the writ, well, one of them, how's this for a hardball question, why are you jetting off to uh, B.C. to do your campaigning? And uh, Trudeau's answer is, well, I consider B.C. to be my second home. Uh, to which I would add, uh, maybe we better send out an Amber Alert to Rose Knight, just in case. <laughs> yeah, I mean, why are you going to B.C.? Could you imagine? So the front page of the Globe and Mail today is about his crooked obstruction of the RCMP. And some journalist, I'm curious who was, hi, um, Prime Minister, you're, you're so dreamy. Um, I've got a question. OK, I can't ask about feminist stuff. I can't ask about SNC-Lavalin. I can't ask about the, the economy. I can't ask about budget or the carbon tax. can't ask about the fact that the Conservatives won the election yesterday. Manitoba. Um, hey, why are you going to BC? Yeah, boy, I can see why Trudeau loves him his parliamentary press gallery. I've seen high school newspapers with tougher questions than that. I want to know who that loser was, and I want to know how much their bailout is. I am I don't know who that was, but I'm deeply embarrassed for them. I'm glad I don't know who they are because I would uh, go ahead. Oh, sorry, Ezra, I wish I knew who it was, too. But remember, I was uh, yeah. uh, consigned to the uh, public area, literally yeah. roped off. Yeah. And, Hi, uh, I'm Prime Minister, or can I call you <laughs> Justin? Um, can I get a selfie? 
And of course, that's not even a joke. That's Rosemary Barton. All right, David. Well, uh, uh, in the campaign trail ahead, the parliamentary yeah. press gallery no longer has its authority because they actually are an arm of the government. And I'm not speaking in a metaphor. They are an arm of the government, which is how they get their authority. But on the com campaign trail, that no longer exists. So um, today was the last day they'll be able to stop us from covering politics till October 21st. And uh, we'll make up for lost time. I promise you that. Yeah, that, that's great. Uh, you know, we, we have uh, we're, we're going to hit the ground running for sure, Ezra. And uh, regardless of the interference, uh, we're not going to put up with it and nor can we be bought. Yeah. All right. Well, keep up the fight, David. Thanks. Thank you so much, Ezra. All right. There you have it. David Menzies on the scene at Rideau Hall. Can you imagine how petty the liberals are? Of course, you can imagine how petty they are. Um, they're crooks. That's not my opinion. They've broken the law time and again. That's the ethics counselor's verdict and conviction. Stay with us. Your letter's next. On my monologue on Monday about our plan to cover the Canadian federal election, Grieg writes, subscribe to premium content, check. Donated at campaign2019.com, check. Ordered my copy of the Lebranos, what the media won't tell you about Trudeau's corruption, check. Stocking up on popcorn and beer, and I'm looking forward to continuing coverage of the other side of the story, check. Go get them, Rebels. Well, Greg, thanks very much. You got me excited just reading that. You know, I, um, I'm recording this in the afternoon. We'll put it up online in a couple hours. And the last I checked, that book, The Lebranos, was number 11 on the Amazon.ca national bestsellers list. And we hadn't even really announced it or promoted I mean, I mentioned it in passing in, the, in my monologue, it's true, but that's it. I didn't uh, tweet about it uh, until late last night. I didn't email anybody about it, but it was already number 11 on the national bestseller list with no promotion at all. And I think it's, there's such an appetite for the other side of the story. People really want to hear the other point of view. That's what I think's going on. Jan writes, Ezra, I like your plan, especially the trucks and interviewing locals on the street. I also like the lawn signs. Well, thanks, Jan. Um, if you go to thelebranos.com, we'll show you. It should be up by the time you're watching this. We've got a map where we're going to deliver these lawn signs, and I hope you get one. Sheldon writes, just remember the Dems were so sure Hillary had it locked up, and look what happened. That's true, and that's a reason to hope. And... Um, the entire media party up here is like the entire media party in the states. It's overwhelming, and it's overwhelmingly pro-Trudeau. We'll have to see how it goes. I think we have an important journalistic role to play, don't you think? All right, that's our show for today. Until next time, on behalf of all of us here at Rebel World Headquarters, good night, and keep fighting for freedom.